It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, thoughts from Wolves Blazers on Saturday because as it turns out, they play the Blazers again tonight. We'll also talk to Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers for his thought on the ma- his thoughts on the matchup, what the Blazers could potentially do differently on Monday, what the Wolves might need to do to beat Portland. We'll also look at the week ahead. It's all coming here on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend and happy game day. The Wolves are in Portland, still in Portland, and take on the Blazers for the second time in three days on Monday night. We'll talk all about that. We have Mike Richmond from Lockdown Blazers here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for some great thoughts from the Portland side. Much more here today on the show as well. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, from Apple to Google to Spotify to Odyssey. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch the show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. That's the Roku and Amazon Fire TV app. More great local sports coverage 24-7. It's absolutely free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also, of course, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves or at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, let's talk with some quick thoughts about Portland on Saturday. So um, did the live postcast with Marty Gellner following the show, so hopefully you listen to that. If not, it's the audio track before this one on the all the audio feeds and the video on YouTube is over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Um, but I want to hit a couple of high points from Saturday. So basically, Marty and I talked about how like, hey, Moral victories are a tough thing right now, right? Because this is a 500 team that mortgaged basically its future to get Rudy Gobert. Uh, well, not basically, mortgaged their future to get Rudy Gobert. And now Carl Anthony Towns is hurt. And, you know, there, there has to be something beyond silver linings and moral victories, right? We've done this for years with the Wolves and, and there's a time and a place for those. At the same time, the Wolves are missing Carl Anthony Towns, their best all-around player, their most consistent all-around player. And... They are still trying to integrate another top 25 NBA player to their roster, and they're not even a third of the way through the season. So, of course, there's going to be some growing pains. Also, they played a good team, uh, and now two games above 500 team, a team with the same record as them coming into the se- or coming into the game on Saturday on the road on the second night of a back-to-back for Minnesota. So there's plenty of reasons, and I wouldn't call them excuses, plenty of reasons why the Wolves maybe shouldn't have won on Saturday, right? I think both things can be true. I think we can have a reasoned conversation of like, hey, this team should, you know, this is a game that they easily could have won. They did some things well. It's a team that could beat, you know, they weren't playing, um, 
you know, it wasn't Memphis. It wasn't Boston. It wasn't one of the league's best teams on the road. It wasn't Golden State, right? This was a winnable game, but sometimes you just lose basketball games. And Marty and I came to that, or we we covered that pretty extensively on Saturday, that like all things considered, the the effort was there, which frankly has been one of the bigger issues for the Wolves this year. And I know that that shouldn't be the case, but it, it has been. And they've struggled mightily on the second night of back-to-back. So to see them put forth the requisite effort, play hard throughout, um, you know, not fall victim to this, like the, the way that they've mishandled adversity so much this season and still compete when Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons are going nuts and, and combining for more than half of Portland's points, just the two of them, like the Wolves were in this game until the final minute. Like they competed in this game. And I think that can be true without it being like a oh, moral victory, man. I, like, I think it's progress. Three weeks ago, the Wolves probably lose this game by 15, 20 points. They're probably, the effort level probably isn't there. The legs, the stamina probably are not there, especially with Car- without Carl Anthony Towns. Instead, they competed. Look, here's another way to look at it. The Wolves lost the three-point battle. They lost the free throw battle. And they lost the rebounding battle. Uh, the rebounding battle, they lost by 17 boards. And yet they were in this game down till the very end. They only lost by two possessions, a six-point loss. Portland scored nine more points on three-point attempts, seven more points on free throws, and had 17 more overall rebounds, seven more offensive rebounds. The Wolves only had four offensive rebounds the entire game. Portland had 22 second-chance points. You rattle those stats off, and you'd expect this to be a a five-six possession loss, 15-20 points, right? Instead, the Wolves only lost by six and were in it until the very end. Um, they scored 118 points. So much of the season, the problem has been the offense, right? So much of the season, the problem has been offensive consistency, shot making in general, which, you know, in this game, like you'd like to see them shoot more threes, I guess, but they shot the percentages were all good. They mostly got what they wanted in pick and roll game. They scored 118 points. Offense was not the issue. Portland is not a great defensive team. They're like bottom five, six, seven defensively league wide, but they are a top 10 offense and the Wolves somewhat predictably struggled to slow down a top 10 offense. Portland dropped 124. And like I said a minute ago, Lillard and Simons combined for 67 of Portland's 124 points. So more than half of their points. And the Wolves allowed them to shoot 21 threes between them, but they only made eight of 21, which is, you know, fine, but not outstanding. The problem was that Lillard had 15 free throw attempts and made all 15 of his free throws, but they made them work for it. They combined for nine assists, but seven turnovers, Lillard and Simons. They scored 67 points, but it took them 44 shots to do it, which is, you know, it's certainly efficient. I mean, that's, that's you know, what, two point okay, two points a shot. So that is efficient overall. Um, but Lillard was only nine of two from the floor. He was only three of 11 from three-point range. Like there were some, I'll say it, silver linings defensively for the Wolves, but still, what I want, like next segment here, we'll get into the pick and roll coverage a little bit with Mike Richmond at Lockdown Blazers. And he has some great perspective on like, hey, how do you slow down Lillard and Simons in pick and roll? Can you actually play drop pick and roll coverage against them? Like, which is what the Wolves want to do. And we'll cover this too, but the Wolves eventually ended up just switching everything. And Rudy Gobert was on an island against Lillard too often down the stretch in this game. He did have that one big block at the rim late in the fourth quarter where he trailed Lillard and got the ball right before it hit the glass, got the block. Um, But Mike and I will talk about that here in a minute because I I thought it was really fascinating to get his perspective on on somebody who covers the Blazers. Um, But anyway, back to the overall like main takeaways from this game, point of attack defense, 
was generally okay on the ball, but after the ball screen action, the Wolves struggled to be consistent with how they were covering that, whether they were um, switching things, whether they were dropping. It's just a pick your poison situation, right? You don't want Dame shooting threes. You don't want these guys getting downhill and getting to the rim. You don't want to end up committing a foul, which is what they did to the tune of 15 free throw attempts for Dame. Um, it's a pick your poison situation. The Wolves are going to have to switch things up a little bit in terms of pick and roll coverage on Monday night. Uh, I mentioned rebounding. The Wolves were a minus 17 on the glass against a pretty mediocre rebounding team. Nurkic was awesome early on the glass. The Wolves struggled to check him, you know, pretty much everyone besides Rudy, which is what we're used to, right? Usually it's, you know, it's the other guys that need to step up. It's the, uh, the McDaniels, uh, of the world, which by the way, Jaden McDaniels had zero rebounds in 29 minutes in this game, which is completely unacceptable. He's starting at, I mean, I guess Kyle Anderson is technically playing power forward now, but with no Carl Anthony Towns, they need McDaniels all that much more, whether he's technically the three or the four, it doesn't really matter. He's too long, too athletic, too dynamic of a player to have zero rebounds in 29 minutes. And that's what happened with Jaden. D'Angelo Russell had one rebound in 39 minutes. So you have two starters who play a combined, what is that, 68 minutes and combined for one rebound, which is just astonishing. Like, how does that happen? Austin Rivers off the bench. One rebound in 21 minutes, 0 of 1 shooting. That's all he did. He turned the ball over once, no points, 0 of 1 shooting. Not much off the bench. You know, Nas was fine. Uh, Nas was good, actually. I, I think good overall. Jalen Noel was kind of had a pretty quiet night by his standards. Wendell Moore was inserted into the game to try and guard Lillard. That was a tough assignment. He didn't do anything offensively. This was pretty much the starters without a whole lot from Jaden McDaniels. Jalen Noel not really doing a whole lot. And then Nas Reed playing pretty well off the bench in limited minutes, right? The minutes he played with Rudy were very, very short. I think he played a couple minutes with them total, but mostly was uh, the backup five in this game. So, um, you know, more needed out of the bench, certainly. But the bigger concern is the glass. The bigger, the biggest concern is the pick and roll defense. Again, the offense for the Wolves pretty much hummed along in this game. I want to talk to Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers next because I think his perspective is super valuable. And he does a great job kind of breaking down what Portland does on both ends of the floor. So we talked about a couple of his thoughts from Saturday's game, what to look forward on Monday, forward to on Monday. So we're going to do that here next. First, though, today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Rocket Money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's a great app that I use that helps me track all my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions that I don't even use. You might've heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, longtime friends of the program. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you didn't even know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
All right. As promised, I have Mike Richmond from Lockdown Blazers here on the show. And of course, uh, on the heels of the Wolves loss to the Blazers Saturday, um, going into Monday's game, it's difficult to win two in a row in these kind of mini series. These, uh, well, it's not even home and home. They're both in Portland, but, um, I mean, the Blazers put the Wolves away late. Uh, a lot of, you know, the backcourt for Portland dominated the things late in the game on Saturday. So Mike, as we go into Monday's game, I mean, was did that go about as expected? Is that how you thought Portland would get their win on Saturday? Was it going to be a lot of Dame, a lot of Simons? Um, you know, what what were your thoughts coming out of that one? Yeah, I mean, the the Blazers have been over the last ten games one of the worst defensive teams in the league. If they win, they win because they score. And t- and typically, over since Damian Lord, who missed seven games, came back from that calf injury, they win because he scores. Uh, it's it is a pretty simple formula, and he was great in this game. Uh, Wolves led by 10 with about four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. He had 18 of his 36 from that point forward. Final 16 and a half minutes was all Dame. Uh, the T-Wolves up 10 with four and a half minutes left. Blazers close the third on a 16-6 run, take a lead into the th- fourth, and don't trail in the final quarter, and, and largely because of shot making, right? Uh, Portland's defense was a really bad to begin this game. They could not handle the Minnesota pick and roll, just like Rudy's going to dive. They're going to overhelp. They're going to spray out the shooters who are going to be open. If you spray out the shooters, you're going to be caught scrambling. You might be caught scrambling. Give up a dunk. Give up a give up an open drive. Like they were just picking apart. The tables were just picking apart Portland's defense and just ball screen stuff. They kind of cleaned it up, but they won this game because they score because that's what they do. Yeah, and for the Wolves, I mean, they, their pick and roll offense at time it's been spotty. I mean, trying to figure out how to play in with uh, with Rudy. It, that's that's how you play with him offensively. Is he's either setting a screen and rolling, or he's just kind of hanging out in the dunker spot. And right. those are those are the two things he does. You're not going to post him up. And so it was good to see the Wolves find some consistency. Ironically, without Carl Anthony Towns on the floor, but you know, there's being able to find some consistency with both Ant and D'Lo operating in pick and roll. Russell's played a lot better lately. Um, and for Portland, I mean, like defensively, you're right. The Wolves did kind of pick them apart. And like I said, that's not something we've seen the Wolves do to very many defenses this year. Um, the Wolves only managed to get four offensive rebounds in this game. Second chance points was an area that Portland really dominated in this game. And Portland's a pretty average, I think a little below average team in they're terms ba- of defensive rebounding. Yeah, they're bad. Um, I mean, was it was it unusual to see, like, I mean, Nurkic had 15 boards in this game. Um, you know, Josh Hart had eight rebounds in this game. The Wolves, especially their, you know, Rudy's still getting rebounds, but it's their perimeter guys. It's their wings that aren't rebounding the ball. What did you see differently from Portland in this game? Or was it surprising to see them dominate a team so thoroughly on the glass? And, and, you know, I mean, what did you see there? The big difference was Jeremy Grant getting rebounds. He is not a very good rebounder. He's, he's you know, he's in the four-ish, uh, just over four a game, but he, he gets like four a game and he's like, um, he's not a big contested rebound guy. This is not what he is. Uh, he's a, he's like many on this fine pinwheels team. He scores um, and he's got a little defensive length, but he's a scorer. That's what he's been. Um, he doesn't rebound well. He got seven. He got seven rebounds. Nurk, he had fifteen, but I think he had like twelve in the first three in the first like two and a half quarters. Like he had twelve when he checked out in the third. Like he was just all over the glass early. He was really good. Josh Hart's one of the best little guy rebounders in the NBA. That's what he does. Uh, typically, when the Blazers get crushed on the glass, it's when Josh Hart has a five rebound, four rebound game. They need him to grab eight, nine, ten. Like that's for what. For whatever reason, that's how the roster is built is such that Josh Hart, who is an elite rebounder for his size, has to be one of their best rebounders. That's just that's just how 
how they have to win games. That's been a crucial for them when they've lost this, that battle for second chance points. It's been, they've lost those games. They, you know, they get 22 second chance points, a bunch of second opportunities. Typically for the way the Blazers play, those second opportunities turn into threes. Like they, they burn you, they kick out and burn you on those, on those chances. That, that was a, that's different for them. That was that to me, um, you know, they made a handful more threes. They're a better three point shooting team. They, you know, got to the free throw line more often. They, you know, Damian Lillard is the type of person who gets more free throws than others. Uh, just kind of the way the league works, but the second chance points is probably the difference there in a game that really came down to the final five minutes. Yeah. And I mean, Jeremy Grant and going back to him, the Wolves have a similar issue with Jaden McDaniels where he, he's been pressed into playing the four more frequently with no Carlton towns. He's effectively playing the four most of the time now when he traditionally or, or, the preferred lineup is him at the three and he doesn't rebound the ball well for his size, for his length, for his athleticism. So the wolves kind of fall into that same issue. And as a team, it's the wings and guards that aren't holding up their end of the bargain. They could use a guard who's an elite rebounder for their size and position like a Josh Hart. I mean, that's the sort of thing that they're really struggling with. Um, you mentioned uh, Lillard getting to the line 15 times. The Blazers only got to the line four more times than the Wolves, but shot the ball much better there. So they were a plus seven in the made free throws category. Uh, the Wolves at times have struggled to defend without following this year. They've actually gotten progressively worse as the year has gone on in terms of opponent free throw rate. Um, besides that, is there anything that you think from your perspective, just watching the game from a, you know, covering the Blazers perspective that, Portland needs to do differently offensively. They obviously scored 124 points or that the Wolves could do to try and slow down the Blazers on that end of the floor. If you like, if you were Chris Finch, what do you do to try and avoid Lillard and Simons just going nuts down the stretch? Some of it is playing to your weaknesses. So I don't know if he'll do that, but every Simons is going to eat you alive in a soft drop. Like he is, he is one of the best shooters in the league. Um, He's, you gotta, someone has to be at the level and you have to just dare him to beat you. I don't think you want to straight switch and put Rudy Gobert, who they'll mostly attack in those situations because they know he'll be in drop, not because he's like this super terrible defender, but because of the way he naturally defends. If he's in a soft drop or if he's in a, even just like not all the way at the level and is going to come around the screen, manipulate the screen and shoot it. Like he's, he's just going to shoot it. So either trying to get Rudy out of the uh, out of the dance. You know, sometimes the Blazers will move slow in offense and they'll say, hey, hey, come up here. They did it a bunch. Like, Drew, 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 calling Drew Eubanks up, just literally pounding the rock and picking their guy. Um, switch out of that. Don't let it be, don't let it be Rudy because you can switch more freely with pretty much everyone else. Um, I don't, like, again, like, I don't think they should let Rudy defend in space. I don't think you, like, have your guys do what they're bad at. I don't think that's an adjustment in the in the NBA. But if you play soft drop against these guards, if you, if you aren't at the level, this might just be how it goes. <laughs> like every Simons might make five of 10 threes. That's a very normal night against that type of defense for him. Yeah. And I think like if this matchup was happening now, of course we're getting two of the, I guess probably four games between these two teams right now, but like later in the season, if Towns is on the floor, I think the Wolves do a lot more playing at the level like they did last sure. year. I mean, last year they played almost exclusively high wall coverage in pick and roll. And then with Rudy, it's like you said, you want to play to his strengths, but against a team with dynamic guards that can beat, um, that can beat drop coverage, whether that's from beyond the arc or mid range jumpers or floaters or whatever that is. Um, you know, when the wolves tried to play drop, when they didn't have Rudy going back a couple of years under Ryan Saunders, they got eaten alive by the Kyrie Irvings, by the D'Angelo Russells, by guards who could, who could kill you from mid range. And the Blazers have always been a tough matchup for the Wolves for that reason, because they struggle and drop. And even with the league's probably still the best drop big in the league and with Rudy, um, that's still an area that that they're really challenged to be consistent in. On the other side of the floor, I guess, last question. Um, I mean, the Wolves 
pretty much got what they wanted offensively, except, you know, down the stretch, they had some sloppy possessions. Portland did just enough. And of course, like we talked about, you know, secured rebounds and limited second chance opportunities for the Wolves. What does Portland have to do better defensively to keep the Wolves from scoring 118 plus points again on Monday? Yeah, I I will t- I will recommend uh, our listeners to go to bet online and uh, go ahead and smash the over on this one. Yes. Um. Yeah. The unless it's crazy high, but if it's like two thirty, I'd say that's that's money in the bank. Um. It's it's a lot of their issues guarding the pick and roll were just over helping. It's like Rudy dives to the rim and they're worried about that dive and they come in from the corner and it's easy pass. You see the you see a wide open in the corner. You make one pass. And then you're you're stuck in rotations. And if it, teams in rotations are worse, like every team in rotation is worse. Um, so some of it is just contain the ball. I thought what they did down the stretch a little bit differently uh, is that they switched those, those pick and rolls, mostly when they had uh, Yusuf Nurkic off the floor. Much like Rudy Gobert, the Blazers don't really want Nurk to guard in space. Uh, they don't want him on D'Angelo Russell having to guard a mid-range pull-up. Dilo's going to hit that. Like he's he's going to he's going to hurt him, or at least it's going to be a pretty valuable shot. So some of it is is go to that sw- those switching principles that they had, or some of it was like show and recover. They show the screen, then try to get back to, get back to Rudy without overhelping. But I think the switching, and they did it late, just switch and let Rudy Gobert try to post up Anthony Simons. Dare him, dare him to post up. Every time down the court, like I would. Um, I'm not an NBA coach, so maybe it'll get burned. But I, I would just. Uh, particularly late in the game, I would straight switch it and say, throw it to the big guy and see what happens. You might get killed on the glass, but I'm saying fight over the top, make it a little bit hard and just dare them to do, you know, dare them to play one-on-one or dare them to dump it in. They don't want to pass the ball to Rudy Gobert. I watched him play. They don't want to make that pass. They, the guards want to shoot it. You're going to win some of those, enough of those that you'll probably break even. And the Blazers have a good enough on offense that like, when they score 100 and 118, Hold them to 111. You're going to win, baby. <laughs> it's that simple. Yes. And, and the Wolves have, without Towns, the offense is less complicated. They're just doing a lot more straight pick and rolls. There, there's less, it's obviously less dynamic, right? Because you don't have that three-level scorer who's going right. to use most of your possessions. And so you can't, you should be able to force the Wolves into almost whatever you want to force them into. Um, and as long as the pick and roll coverage is good enough when the Wolves get into it, then, uh, and also like Delo's not, He's shooting the ball a lot better lately, but he's been pretty up and down. And so if you, yep. you can cross your fingers for a, a, a poor D-Lo night too, he's probably due sooner or later. Um, all right. Well, like we talked about, it'll be tough to win uh, two consecutive. So uh, we'll see how Monday shakes out. Thanks for joining. Of course you can, uh, or thanks for, yeah, thanks for joining the show, Mike. You can, of course, go listen to Lockdown Blazers wherever you get podcasts and uh, go get prepped for Monday's game with his show on Monday. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Appreciate you having me. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simply add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's extremely easy. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's time to finish the year strong. The home stretch here now mid-December, the right team member might just help you finish the year strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery. Plus. All right, a big thanks for Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers for joining the show. As I mentioned here a minute ago, uh, go check him out. We we his his podcast out. Mike and I did a segment. I did a segment for his show. Um, obviously talking about the Wolves Blazers matchup from a little bit of a different perspective. We did cover some different topics, so go check that out. He does a fantastic job covering Portland. All right, I want to close the show here today. Uh, talking a little bit about the upcoming week for the Wolves and what to expect. Um, I think I said a, about a week ago, going into the, the last week of Wolves games, going you know this was, I guess, on the heels of that Thunder loss last Saturday, which was so disappointing after the big Memphis win. I think I said like, hey, you know, they got to beat Indiana Wednesday. And then if you go three and two on the road trip, you come home, you're a game above 500. Well, we're on pace, right? The Wolves beat Indiana Wednesday. And then they split the... Uh, the back-to-back Friday, Saturday, which I expected. I didn't know which game they'd win, but winning in Utah, losing in Portland, that makes sense. Now you have at Portland Monday, at the Clippers Wednesday on ESPN, and then at the Thunder on Friday night. Um, They've got to win two out of three. And it's tough to beat a team twice in three days. So, like, the Wolves should win on Monday at Portland. I mean, say should win. It's a very winnable game, right? Because they have that kind of small built-in advantage. Hopefully they took Portland's best punch in terms of, you know, Dame being perfect at the free throw line in 15 attempts and those guys combining, you know, him and Simons combining for 67 points. Like on the other hand, the Wolves also scored 118. Can they do that again? Can the offense continue to operate as, uh, as good as it did on Saturday? Now, of course, as Mike said, the Blazers really struggle in pick and roll coverage and the Wolves are going to try and pick and roll the Blazers to death on Monday. If they're able to do that, it's just a matter of like, hey, can the Wolves secure rebounds? Can they end possessions for Portland with defensive rebounds and not let Nurkic and others go to town on the offensive glass? And can they maybe get some second chance opportunities of their own? If that's the case, I think they beat Portland Monday. Wednesday against the Clippers is a pretty interesting um, game. I believe it's the first time we've seen the Clippers all season, if I'm not mistaken. And LA has been decidedly up and down so far this year. They're currently 15 and 13. So just a couple games above 500. They played a a couple more games than the Wolves have. They beat the Wizards last time out and they take on Boston Monday. Um, Before that though, they lost at Miami and at Orlando. They beat Charlotte before that. So they're like, what, two and four in their last six games. Before that, they'd won five out of seven. So a pretty streaky season for the Clippers. They're at this point relatively healthy compared to where they have been. Um, so, I mean, like Kawhi's missed some time, of course, of late. So, you know, it's a little early to to really break down that injury matchup yet. We're a couple days out, but a tough game, no doubt, at the Clippers, but a winnable game. 
uh, to be sure. And then at, at Oklahoma City on Friday, the Wolves have already played the Thunder three times. This will be the fourth and final time that we see the Thunder this year. The Wolves are two and one against them, but of course they just lost uh, to the Thunder a week ago Saturday. So uh, it'll be just under two weeks since the last time these two teams played. Since then, the Thunder went on the road and beat Atlanta, and then they lost at the Grizzlies and at the Cavs. They play at Dallas Monday night. So they could very well, I mean, I guess they play one more time between now and then. So they could end up being on a bit of a losing streak um, coming into that Wolves game. But I mean, Oklahoma City sitting here at 11 and 15 through play on Sunday, that's better than anybody expected. They're certainly competitive. And to this point, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander's only missed a couple of games. Like they've been healthy. Um, Kenrich Williams is now down and he always plays well against the Wolves. Uh, but I mean, like SGA scored 35 against the Thunder the other day uh, in their win over the Hawks. Like he's, he's, I said this before the last time they played the Thunder, like th- there's not going to be an MVP for a below 500 team, but he's been one of the best players in the league so far this season. Like he won't, won't be mentioned in the MVP conversation, but given the rest of that roster, I mean, he is the reason that this team is 11 and 15, right? Um, and you got a bunch, a couple of rule guys that are good players like a Williams, you know, that, that could be doing stuff on other teams. But a lot of those guys aren't really like rotation caliber NBA players. Now, some of them might be in the future. There's, there is some serious young talent on that team, uh, but this is all about SGA. And the Wolves really struggled to slow him down. They take him on again. That's Friday night. So of those three games, um, at Portland on Monday, at the Clippers Wednesday, and at the Thunder on Friday, the Wolves have to win two out of three. Now, the easiest two should be Portland and Oklahoma City. Um, none of these are back-to-backs, of course, so they should be able to win two out of three. And if that if they're able to do that, they'll come home at 15 and 14 to take on the Chicago Bulls next Sunday. And then they have Sunday-Monday back-to-back Bulls-Dallas so a tough back-to-back, but not as tough as I think most people would have thought before the season. Those teams have been somewhat underwhelming. And then they've got the weird double home game against Dallas Monday, Wednesday, next week. So that's another kind of three-game set. You'd like to think you win two out of three against Chicago and two against Dallas. Um, it's going to be tough to beat the Mavs twice, but maybe you beat the Bulls. Maybe you lose to Mavs in the to the Mavs in the back-to-back, but beat them on Wednesday. So if we take this in three-game chunks, the Wolves should win two out of their next three, hopefully two out of three after that. And then a really tough road trip. Like it really doesn't get tougher than this between Christmas and New Year's at Boston, at Miami, at the Pelicans, at the Bucks. Like that's got to be the toughest four game stretch of the season. I mean, there's almost no way around that. So the Wolves to go into that stretch, if they can win two out of their next three, win two out of their three after that, there'll be two games above 500 going into that four game stretch on the road. And uh, we're going to be, and there's in New Year's Eve, they play the Pistons. So going into the new year, the Wolves very well could still be below 500 because this is such a brutal stretch. And then we get into about the earliest time that Cat could potentially come back, which is that first week of January based on that initial four to five, I think it was four to five week timeline that the national reporters had mentioned. That wasn't a local, um, a, a locally mentioned thing. I don't think any of the local reporters, the team certainly hasn't given a timeline, but nationally people were saying like, hey, this could be four to five, maybe six weeks. So then we start to get into that timeline once you're into January. So um, anyway, these next six games are super important because that murderer's row of a road schedule is going to be real serious for the Wolves. Um, so, uh, of course, after the show tonight, Monday night, we'll do the live postcast with Marnie Gellner about 45 minutes after the game. So undoubtedly, it'll be after midnight central time. So please, if you're if you're feeling up for it, you know, whether the Wolves win or not, join us for that postcast on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on the YouTube channel. That's where we go live. We post the audio after the fact on Lockdown Wolves, all the audio channels. So again, wherever you listen, you can find that. And then, of course, on Tuesday, we'll do the full postgame podcast. We'll break down Monday night's game. 
um, on Tuesday's show here at Locked On Wolves. A big thank you to those that do make Locked On Wolves your first listen every single day. It's absolutely appreciated. Again, you can listen anywhere. It's free and available uh, wherever you get podcasts. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. And of course, also the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Of course, Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On Podcast Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And uh, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.